Today we're joined by Judy Baxter as she shares untold stories about Urban Baxter and End Time Ministries. But first, who was Jesus of Nazareth from Philip's perspective? All of this and more today on The End Time Show. Welcome to the End Time Show, Vince Eagall here. There's no Doug Norvell today, though he might be in the chat. He's out under the weather, so please be praying for him. And be sure to comment, praying for Doug, to let him know how much you miss him. Put that in the chat. Um, he will greatly appreciate that as he is laid up with a little bit of sickness here. Before we get started, I wanted to remind you about our friends at Birch Gold Group. It's their most popular special of the year, now through December 22nd. For every $5,000 you spend with Birch Gold, they will send you a one ounce Silver Eagle coin for free. So visit birchgold.com slash endtime to claim your eligibility now. You can purchase gold and silver and have it shipped directly to your home or have Birch Gold's precious metal specialist help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold for no money out of your pocket. And they'll send you free silver for every $5,000 you purchase. So keep it for yourself or give something with real value as a stocking stuffer this year. Just visit birchgold.com slash endtime to claim your eligibility with an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau and thousands of happy customers. Now's the best time to buy gold from Birch Gold. Visit birchgold.com slash endtime today. So as you all know, it is Christmas time. Again, uh, make sure you comment praying for Doug. Let him know how much you miss him. Uh, I certainly do. I don't like looking over and him not being there. So uh, pray for Doug, please. We want him back in studio as quick as possible. Comment praying for Doug, but it's Christmas time. Everyone knows that. Hanukkah also started today. I think less people know that, but nonetheless, um, you're seeing Christmas lights. You're seeing Christmas decorations um, as you drive around in the evening. And my kids absolutely love seeing all the lights. It's, it's a absolute highlight for all three of them. They're five, three, and one. So uh, they love Christmas lights. And I got to thinking about Christmas time in general and who Jesus is and who he is to me personally, but not just who he is to me personally, but who he actually was according to the Bible. We can go to the Old Testament, we can read prophecies about a coming Messiah, and then we can go to the New Testament and read about Jesus' arrival here on earth and see that those Old Testament prophecies are come to fulfillment in the New Testament through Jesus Christ. And so as I thought about what I should do today, I got no Doug. I need a lot of help here. You guys know I need help. So who better than Irvin Baxter? And I thought about his Irvin's Last Words series. He did a TV show literally weeks before he passed away, and it was called Who is Jesus? I was thinking about it anyway, so why not incorporate some of that directly from Irvin Baxter? It's one of my favorite things to do. I know you all miss him very well. Uh, so let's go straight to our first clip from Irvin about Who is Jesus? was thinking about a scripture and I want to take you to this scripture in Acts chapter number 8 starting with verse number 32. Philip had been preaching a revival in Samaria. It was a great revival. I think they had about 5,000 converts. But an angel appeared to him and said, I want you to leave the revival and go down to the desert called Gaza. 
Now, this was unusual to leave this great revival to go to the desert where there weren't hardly any people. Nevertheless, uh, Philip obeyed the Lord, and when he went down there, he spotted a lone chariot, and a single person was riding along in the chariot. So Philip went up close to the chariot, and he saw that the man was reading the scripture. We pick it up in verse 32. The place of the scripture which he read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter, and like a lamb, dumb before his shearer, so opened he not his mouth. In his humiliation, his judgment was taken away, and who shall declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. And the eunuch answered Philip and said, I pray thee, of whom speaketh the prophet this? of himself or of some other man. Then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. And as they went on their way, they came unto a certain water. And the eunuch said, See, here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? Well, wouldn't you have liked to have been along for that sermon, that Bible study that was given as Philip and the eunuch rode down through the desert? Now, this eunuch was very powerful. He was over all the treasury of Ethiopia. So uh, this was an interesting event that happened. So what did Philip say? If you, if you meet someone and they know nothing about Jesus, where do you even begin? Well, I did a little middle walk down through the scripture as I was preparing to talk to you today. And I thought, well, Isaiah chapter 7, verse number 14, here's what it says. Therefore, the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. You may already know the word Emmanuel means God with us. But this amazing prophecy that a virgin is going to have a child and that his name would be called God with us. Well, what happened next? In Luke 1, 26, it tells us that an angel appeared to a virgin by the name of Mary. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail thou that art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He shall be great 
and shall be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And his kingdom there shall be no end. Now, I don't know about you, but I could listen to Irvin teach all day long. We certainly miss him here at End Time. Uh, don't you miss Irvin Baxter? Type Baxter in the chat if you do. That doesn't offend us whatsoever. Trust me, Dave, Doug, and I, we certainly miss Irvin Baxter as well. So type Baxter in the chat if you do. About the only thing that could make sitting uh, through a teaching session better with uh, Irvin Baxter is a cup of First Cup coffee. First Cup's a Christian-owned Patriot coffee company out of the great state of Texas. They have 11 different roasts, each one named after a specific piece of American history. You can get one of their roasts, either ground, whole bean, or even the pods for the Keurig machine if you're into that. Ditch the grocery store coffee that's been sitting there for up to two years. Go to firstcup.com, use code ENDTIME to get 10% off. If you subscribe, they'll actually give you another 10% off. So go to firstcup.com, use code ENDTIME to get 10% off today. Now, I will remind you, Doug is out sick. Um, you can type in the chat what you think he might have. I don't know, but it would be fun to guess. So let's, let's see what, uh, what you all think out there. Let Doug know that you're praying for him. And uh, let's go back here to Irvin and see where he goes from here as he continues his story about how Philip shared Jesus. Philip continues the story to the Ethiopian eunuch as he preaches unto him Jesus. He tells about Joseph visiting Mary and her breaking the news to him. Joseph, I'm going to have a child, but I've not been unfaithful to you. I was visited by an angel and he told me that the child I will have will be called the highest and he will be the savior of the world. Well, Joseph didn't believe Mary. I mean, the story was too fantastic. It's only happened once since the world began that a virgin that had never been with a man would have a child. Here's what happened next. Matthew 1, 19. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. Wow. Now, now we've got two people. God has appeared to Mary, appeared to Joseph. Then, nine months later, Jesus is born in Bethlehem. When he was born there, they were in Bethlehem because Caesar Augustus had decreed that everybody had to return to the land of their nativity to be assessed for taxation and also to partake in the census. Well, they get to Bethlehem. There was no place in the inns, everyone was traveling, all of the hotels were jam-packed. So Joseph and Mary end up out in a stable. That's where Jesus was born. When this happened, angels appeared on the hillsides to a group of, of shepherds. 
and the angels were singing glory to God in the highest. Peace on earth, goodwill toward men. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign. This is the second sign. This will be a sign unto you. You're going to find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger of all places for a newborn child to be laid in a manger, but that's what happened. The shepherds left their flocks with a keeper and they went to see this sight that the angels had told them of. Sure enough, they find, they see a light coming beneath the door of one of the barns. And so they knocked on the door. Joseph comes to the door and they say, is this where the Messiah is? And Joseph is startled, taken aback. But then he said, you've got the right place. The Bible says they came in and bowed before the baby and worshiped him because he was more than a baby. He was God manifest in flesh. He was the savior of the world. Well, later on, wise men came from the east looking for the Messiah. Well, they found him. And when they found him, they presented their gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And again, they too worshiped him. Joseph and Mary are experiencing all of these supernatural events. And it was overwhelming, frankly. All right, that's some good teaching from Irvin Baxter. Don't forget, Judy Baxter will be join, joining us here in a few moments. So uh, pause what you're doing, share this video, give us a heart on it. Don't just do the blue thumbs up, do the red heart, tell us you love it, and be sure to comment. You know, Irvin was just, uh, just mentioned the wise men from the story of the birth of Jesus. Thought I'd give you a pop quiz. How many wise men were there? Some say three. Some say people that say three are wrong. What do you think? Let us know how many wise men in the chat that there were. Um, I think a lot of people will say three, but I guess we'll wait and find out. Hit share, hit the heart icon, and be sure to comment. Uh, we're watching an excerpt from Irvin's last words, like I mentioned earlier. This is his last TV show before his passing in 2020. The whole set comes with his last TV show, last radio broadcast, last conference, which is uh, two different sessions, and then his last sermon that he preached. You can get it for a limited time for only $10 at endtime.com slash deals. So be sure to do that today. You can also stream it on Endtime Plus. And I also want to remind you about the specials from our friends over at BackyardButchers.com. They're delivering American-raised and harvested meat from right here in our American backyards to dinner tables across our nation. So go to BackyardButchers.com and save an extra 20% off your entire order by using the code ENDTIME with over a half a million happy customers across America and an American-based customer service team of stay-at-home moms. They'll make sure your orders are delivered right on time every single month. So go to backyardbutchers.com slash endtime and buy American meat today and get 20% off your entire order. All right, we got one last clip from Irvin. Let's check it out. John the Baptist came preaching. This was after Jesus now had become an adult. He was about 30 years of age. And John the Baptist came preaching. He was a powerful preacher like Israel had not seen for a long time. And he was preaching the baptism under repentance. As he was preaching and actually apparently standing out of the water of the Jordan River, Jesus walked up. 
And when Jesus walked up, John the Baptist looked at him and was anointed by the Holy Ghost to say, Behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Then Jesus walked down into the water. John didn't want to baptize him. He said, I need for you to baptize me. But Jesus said, suffer it to be so. For thus it behooves us to fulfill all righteousness. Well, after being baptized, Jesus left and went into a 40-day fast in the wilderness. This was going to launch his ministry. His first miracle happened at a wedding. Jesus had received an invitation. He went to the wedding. And during the wedding, they ran out of wine. It was a bad situation. You have all these guests in. You don't have the necessary refreshments. Perhaps the person being married didn't have the means to buy more. And so the mother of Jesus, Mary, came to him and said, Jesus, they're out of wine. Jesus looked at her and said, woman, what have I got to do with you? My hour is not yet come. But you know how mothers are. Uh, you don't put them off very easily. She just looked at the people and said, whatever he tells you to do, do it. I'm sure that Jesus sort of sighed and shrugged his shoulders and said, what am I to do? And so he said, go get the, take these pots and fill them up to the brink with water, up to the brim. And so they did. And then Jesus said, now bear out and give it to the keeper of the feast. Well, the people that were doing this thought this is not going to go good when he finds out we're serving water in place of wine. Nevertheless, they obeyed the word of Jesus. And when the presider over the feast drank of the wine, he said, what are you doing? And they were startled for a moment. He said, normally at a feast like this, men serve the best wine first and they save the worst wine until last. But you have saved the best wine till the last. And the word of this miracle spread like wildfire. Well, as the ministry of Jesus progressed, there came a time when he had been teaching the people. There was a great multitude there, 5,000 men plus the women and the children. And so Jesus said, we can't send them away because they've been with me a long time. They'll perish along the road. Therefore, you feed them. The disciples said, what do we have? So they inquired and there was one lad that had brought his lunch. His mother had sent with him five loaves and two fish. They said, Jesus, all we've got are these five loaves and these two fish. Jesus said, bring them to me. Caused the company to sit down in sections of 50. And so they got everything organized. And Jesus began to break the fish and break the bread. And it kept multiplying in his hands. And the disciples were going up and down the aisles. They're serving everyone until everyone had all they wanted to eat. And Jesus said, take up the fragments that none be wasted. And when they did, they had 12 basketfuls left over. Well, there were 12 apostles. So they each got a basket all of their own. 
It was quite a miracle. And the word again spread like wildfire. So the ministry of Jesus was growing. Then the multitudes came out from everywhere to hear him. The more they heard of, the, of these miracles, he opened the blinded eyes. Uh, there was one time he was walking along and he came to a funeral procession. There was a woman, her only son had died. She herself was a widow. Jesus was moved with compassion and he stopped the funeral procession and he walked up to the coffin and he said to the young man there, arise. And the man sits up in his coffin and climbs out of the coffin and the sorrow of the mother was turned into unbelievable joy because Jesus had raised her son from the dead. Now, I don't have time to go through everything that Jesus did, of course. I'm sure Philip didn't either. Nevertheless, we do know that Jesus at one time healed 10 lepers. We're talking about the worst disease of its day. It was contagious. If you had leprosy, you were banished from all society. You had to be confined. Then uh, as he reached for the end of his ministry, he had a good friend by the name of Lazarus. Jesus had been away and they were sending for Jesus, but he didn't come quick enough. In the meantime, Lazarus, who had become very sick, died. Not only had he died, but they had buried him in a tomb. When Jesus finally came, the sister of Lazarus said to Jesus, if you had just been here, we know our brother would not have died. And Jesus said, oh, he'll raise again. They said, well, yeah, we know he'll raise in the resurrection. Then Jesus made this stunning pronouncement. He said, I am the resurrection. Let's go to the tomb. Then he commanded that they would roll back the stone that was covering the mouth of the tomb. And they said, but wait, uh, he's been in there three days. It'll be stinking by now. Nevertheless, at thy word, so they rolled back the tomb and Jesus cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And the Bible says that Lazarus came forth bound hand and feet. I guess he came hopping out. He came forth and Jesus said to them, loose him and let him go. Now, if you don't think this caused a big uproar, everybody heard, hey, he was dead three days. He was bound in grave clothes. He came out. And now look, he, he's even having dinner with Jesus this evening. And everybody wanted to go to that dinner because they wanted to not only see Jesus, but they wanted to sit and talk to the man who had been dead for three days. How would you like to talk to someone that had been dead for three days? Well, as things continued, Philip told the eunuch, after this, they took Jesus and they crucified him. Now you're reading the place. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter. This is a prophecy from Isaiah, which was written seven or 800 years before all of this happened. But it was a prophecy about the coming Messiah. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter as a sheep down before his shears. He opened not his mouth. Who will declare his generation? And Philip said, that's what I'm doing to you right now. I'm declaring his generation. So he told him how that he had been taken. He had been crucified crucified, and then he rose from the dead three days later. Now, 
after that, after the resurrection, Jesus showed himself alive for 40 days with many indisputable proofs. And the disciples saw him and people who Philip personally knew had seen him and they had told Philip the firsthand story. Well, finally, Philip says to the Ethiopian eunuch, Jesus, just before he left us, the last day, he gave us his commission. This is what he ordered us to do. And this is found in Luke 24, 45 through 49. Then opened Jesus their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. And he said unto them, thus it is written and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. And that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And you are witnesses of these things. Jesus still speaking. And behold, I send the promise of my father upon you. But tear ye in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. Now, Jesus was talking to his disciples out on the Mount of Olives, a place called Bethany. And after he had given these last instructions, he blessed them and his feet left the ground and he ascended into the heavens. The disciples are standing here watching him go and they keep looking up and up until finally the Bible says a cloud received him out of their sight. So as the disciples stood still looking, hoping to catch another glimpse of him or perhaps hoping he would come again, two men in white apparel appeared behind them saying, you men of Galilee, why stand you gazing up into the heavens? Don't you know that this same Jesus that was just now taken away from you into the heavens shall so come again in like manner as you have seen him go? Therefore, do what he told you to do. Remember, he told you to go to Jerusalem and stay there until you are endued with power from on high. So at the word of the two witnesses, the disciples returned to Jerusalem and they stayed there and they were in the temple praising and blessing God for seven days. However, there was a Jewish feast coming up called the Feast of Pentecost. The Bible says in Acts chapter number two, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Last words, you can watch the whole, actually you can get the whole series streamed on End Time Plus at watch.endtime.com. Or right now, the whole DVD set is available at endtime.com slash deals for only $10. Hey, Judy Baxter is here with us. You're not going to want to go anywhere. She's going to share some untold stories right after the break. We'll be right back. As a viewer of the End Time Show, you're getting early access to Christmas deals starting right now. Do you remember that feeling you had as a kid during the holidays? What experiences and gifts would you receive this year? 
Well, the atmosphere at end time is nearly the same. We're excited because these deals are now available through the end of 2023. Why are we so thrilled? Because we know these resources transform lives and that's even more fun than Christmas, especially in these tough times. For the remainder of 2023, you can get deals like a special VIP group video call with Dave Robbins when you get Understanding the End Time. End Time Plus subscription for 50% off, or my personal favorite, a $10 and under sale for almost 100 different products featuring Irvin Baxter, Dave Robbins, and more. Go to endtime.com slash deals for a full catalog of items. You can also call 800 End Time. Hurry, supplies are limited. Go to endtime.com slash deals today. What if you could understand Bible prophecy? Dave Robbins, the host of the End Time Show's TV and radio programs, is holding a free prophecy conference near you. Gain peace and understanding about what the Bible says concerning End Time prophecy. Call 1-800-END-TIME or go to endtime.com slash events to see when Dave will be in a location near you. Welcome back to the End Time Show. Vince Stegall here with none other than Judy Baxter. So excited she's with us. I want to remind you that uh, Doug Norvell is out sick today. So please be praying for him. Comment, let him know that you're doing so. I think he might be watching the chat. So uh, you can say almost whatever you want and it'll get to him. So be sure to do that. And then also next uh, Wednesday, today is Thursday. Yeah, this coming Wednesday, actually, December 13th at 7.30 p.m. I'll be preaching in Garland, Texas, North Texas area um, at North City. So if you're in the Dallas area, would love to have you out. I'll be there. Of course, my whole family, Judy, will be there, I think. And although she just found out I was preaching, she might not come. And uh, Dave and Jana, Doug and Tina, the whole crew will be there. So uh, if you want to have church on a Wednesday night, come on out. You can go to endtime.com slash events to learn more about the specific details of the venue. We'd love to have you. All right. Judy Baxter, also my mammal. Or grandma, whatever you feel comfortable calling me. Well, you didn't say that growing up. I had to call you no, mammal. No, I didn't want to be a grandma. I wanted to be a mammal. Well, you know, you were young. Well, pretty young. I don't know if we're going to get into all that I was 23 when I got married, so I wasn't super young. Well, I'm saying you were young when I was born. Right. I think. I'm, yeah. For, for a grandma. Yes. What, were you 40? Uh, I was 43. 43 when I was born. When Micah was born. Okay, my older two, sister. Two years after. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so you, I'm told that, so so I was, you guys were Poppy and Mama. And, and I had three daughters. My first grandchild was a daughter, a girl, and I thought, oh, Father, please. So when my dad, we were at a conference, I think, in Kentucky or somewhere, so uh, your mother was in labor, and I asked my mom and dad to go to Richmond and be with her because I couldn't be there. Mm. And when my dad called and said it was a boy, tears just rolled down my face. I was so excited. First boy. That was me. That was you. Good times. Yeah. Um, 1987, Richmond, Indiana. Right. 
And in fact, the picture behind us is from Richmond, Indiana. Right. Uh, the best pizza in the world. P Absolutely. Uh, I wish they'd come to Texas. Clara's Pizza King. <laughs> uh, so that beautiful brick wall is actually a pizza joint in Richmond, Indiana. Um, so, you know, we're talking about end time, of course. Um, I was born in 87, but the... Uh, I almost said Irvin's last word. The uh, message for the president was published in 1986. Now the story that I believe is accurate about Poppy, Irvin Baxter, um, God revealing prophecies to him and it dried up, right? Can you, can you right. tell your perspective? Right. He, um, oh, I, I do want to tell everybody real quick. This is only your second time on air. Right. Ever. I like the background. You've been around forever in <laughs> right. regards to end time. Right. And it's only your second time. Right. Next your, time with me. And your first time, I think you only got about 10 words in on the... <laughs> <laughs> well, you had David Nervin. <laughs> yeah. The miracle called end time. You were on that. Right. And this is your second time. So right. I am very honored oh, well, thank that you're here. And I know everyone else out, out there is as well. But the story about the book. So what's that from your perspective? Well, um... When we first started going together, you're talking about the book I bought, bought him. No, the, oh, I'm the sorry. message for the present. But tell that oh, story too. Well, no, I just bought him a book about Israel because he, at, even at that age, he was 18 when he started dating, and uh, he was very interested in Israel then, mm. in prophecy. And you bought him a book about Israel because about, of his interest. Yes, but so, on so you the might other be book, responsible for a good part of his passion for the he nation. He had Israel. already. Um, Oh yeah, do whatever you need to do. He had already um, been discovering things like the United States and the Bible and Russia and, and all of that. And then nothing seemed to come to him. And one day he told the Lord, he said, Lord, you haven't showed me anything for a long time. And he felt like the Lord spoke to him and said, well, you need to get out what I've told you already before I give you anything else. Mm. And so that's when he started uh, doing a message for the president because it was, for him, it was a chore to write. Now, did he tell you about that when it happened? Like, hey, I think the Lord told me, like, you yeah. better get it out. And what did you say? And when he started writing, I started typing. Well, I remember that now, if I've got the story right, you guys went on a fast. He said, I'm not going to eat until the, till the book is finished. Right. And you said, I'll join you. Yeah, he had started it, but he wasn't near finished. So um, I said, well, I'll fast with you. And by the 11th day, I felt like I was dying. <laughs> I was ready for him to get that book done. And uh, anyway, but he would handwrite it, and then I would type it. Mm. So, so how many arguments did you guys get into as you're trying to type what he wrote, and it's sloppy? It was hard to argue with. Oh, he, yeah? He was real sweet-turned. Uh, believe it or not. <laughs> that, that's hard to believe. No, that's easy to believe. He, uh, we, that was true until he passed. We never had uh, what I would call, I mean, you know, every couple has a disagreement once in a while. Yeah. But we never had what you would call fights or anything. But I can just picture you having that handwritten piece of paper and you're trying to type it up and he wrote fast and sloppy and you can't make out what he says and you well, get irritated with it. he wrote small. And so it, sometimes it was hard to read, but I don't remember his fighting. Of course, that's been a long time ago, Vince. Sure. That's been a long time. And he talked about the New World Order and all of that. And in 89, the Berlin Wall came Now, how about down. that part? When, you're, when you're, you're the one that typed that up, that 
the Berlin Wall would have to come down and the, and two, the two Germanys, Germanys would be reunited yes. and that would be the entrance ramp essentially for the new world order. You're typing that up. Do you go, now Irvin, no. <laughs> we're putting this in print. He had me right here. Okay. <laughs> so you didn't question him at all. I first did. Uh, is it okay to talk about post-trip? Oh, we, we talk about whatever you want. Now there's well, a commercial with you. And you say end time's not going anywhere in a very, <laughs> what we call sassy Baxter way. <laughs> so you can talk about anything you want. Well, I was raised in a church that was pre-trib. Church was going to be out of here before the tribulation. Yep. And so was Irvin, your topic. And uh, he started studying, got into this prophecy deal, and he said, Babe, I think the church is going to be here through the tribulation. I felt the blood <laughs> come up into my face. I got, I did get angry. I got so angry I couldn't hardly see straight. I said, Irvin Baxter, my, my pastor said anyone that believed that was a false prophet. He said, oh, babe, I can't flush my brains. So he finally got me converted. Because he showed you in scripture. Right, Matthew 24 and I think 21st chapter of Revelation. Yeah, yes. and, and on and on and then yes. many decades later, here yes. we are. Yes. So you and guys were still were, here, by the way. That's true. We Everybody are. thought we'd be gone in '88, then they thought we'd be gone in 2000, and we're still here. 2020, almost four. Here we are now. So you were locked in the office essentially for 11 days writing that book. Is that right? You guys didn't go anywhere. Well, of course we. You went home and went home and slept at night. And came yeah, back yeah. The next day. And you had church, of course, during that time. But right. Pretty much all. Yeah, your we continued. To, I mean, you, we couldn't just. We pastored. Now, so then the Berlin Wall comes down three years later. And they start talking about the New World Order. What was that like? Well, it was exciting because it proved he wasn't a false prophet. <laughs> now, what was like, <laughs> now I remember, you know, I tell people that end time started, now it started on a much more spiritual level than this, but I'd like to tell people it started in the recliner in y'all's living room. <laughs> because every time well, I came knows? over... Irvin Baxter sitting there reclining, usually reclining, with his laptop, typing away, working right. away on the next article or whatever right. he was doing. Right. And that's all I remember, but you were around before the magazine started. You were around. So when the Berlin Wall came down, and I'm assuming you must have read it on, in the paper the next day, right? Like there yeah, was no and, internet. And, and uh, a quick thing about the magazine, uh, one preacher told him, said, you're going to do a magazine? So what are you going to put in it after the first issue? <laughs> <laughs> and so, and of course, the magazine is still being printed today. Yeah, and we're hundreds of issues later. Yes, so. yes. Um, what was it like when, when you read that newspaper headline that the Berlin Wall was coming down? Oh, it was down? exciting. Was, was he like, um, was he ever like, I told you so? No, no, he never. Not did even that. behind the scenes. No, he didn't. I can't wait to call so and so and let no. him know. He did. Uh, no, he didn't. He wasn't turned like that. I know he was. Now that would have been me more. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I, I, let's make sure to. Whoa, absolutely. You know, let it, let somebody yeah. know. Yeah. No, he he was not turned away. So when it came down, from what I understand, phone calls started coming in like wild and. Yes. Wall Street Journal. How did Journal. you see this? How yeah. did you know this was going to happen? All the news stations yeah. or all the newspapers and different places like that, they're wanting to talk to him. And then, of yeah. course, all the preachers that are. Yeah. And so um, what did you think was happening in y'all's life 
Like, because that feels like... Well, at the time, we were pastoring, so it didn't, even though it was exciting, it didn't seem like it changed that much. But the more he got involved with in uh, time ministries, uh, I told him, I said, babe, we need to get a pastor for this church because end time is just consuming you. Mm-hmm. He said, babe, I can't. He said, I, I, I'm good with that. I, I can leave any time if the Lord will release me. And, uh, of course, my girls and I, we knew we were supposed to go to Dallas because we'd been invited there. Uh-huh. And um, <coughs> he couldn't get a release. So he said, well, let's go to Because of the Times, which was a, a, a conference held in Alexandria, Louisiana. For ministers. Yes, yeah. for ministers. And he said, maybe God will talk to me there. And I'm sort of getting off of what you asked. I'm oh, sorry. But anyway, so we went to Alexandria. And unbeknownst to me, he's sitting there saying, I'm desperate, I'm desperate, I'm desperate. I've got to hear from you. Do I need to give up this church or stay? A minister from California, Brother Randy Keyes, he got up and started teaching on being desperate. And then I didn't realize he'd been praying that. And all of a sudden, Brother Randy Keyes just stopped. He said, don't be afraid to get out of the boat. And Irvin looked at me and said, I just got my answer. Hmm. And when, once he got that answer, he moved so quick it took our breath. Yes, I helped pack that the semis. That was in January, February. <laughs> we were on our way to Dallas by June, I think. Yeah. Our and several families moved yes. a thousand miles away. We yes. packed up in time in three or four semi Well, even the pastor from across town. That's true. He forgot said, about that. Brother Baxter, I'm in Richmond because of you, and you're not leaving me behind. <laughs> and so he gave up his church to another minister and moved to Dallas with us. Wow. <laughs> Rewind a little bit. Um, the radio. So Irvin went on a television interview with, I don't remember his name. Thomas. Um, he owned the KVTT back in the day. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of his, his name was Thomas. Elder Thomas. Elder Thomas. Eldred Thomas. Eldred. All right, we've got le- like a minute left, so we won't be able to get into all this, but if you could start by, do you remember when he went on that show and when he, were you there he, with yeah, him? Yeah, he, he was, uh, Eldred wanted to hear his take on Daniel 7 and mm-hmm. all the things he had been teaching. He said, I have never heard this before, but I, I can see that it's true. And my husband said, well, I'd, I'd like to be on radio, but I don't know how to do it. And he said, I've got the best radio station in Dallas, and you're going to be on there for this much. And we started out on there free for a while, and then we started having That was one of those switches that got flipped, like moving to Dallas. He went home immediately and oh tried to get that radio studio launched. So we'll get into more of that story uh, on the other side of the break. Don't go anywhere. voice spoke to me and said, I've got something I want to show you. I was so sure God had talked to me, and I was stunned by what I saw. A direct fulfillment of this over 2,500-year-old prophecy. The United States will stand with Israel. Why haven't I ever seen this before? 
one third of humanity will die. What do these beasts symbolize? The lion, the bear, the leopard. The combined beast from Revelation 13 represents the end time government of the Antichrist. Understanding the end time. Now streaming on End Time Plus and available to order at endtime.com slash UET. Go to endtime.com slash UET or call 800 End Time. They that understand what is taking place will instruct many. Except a man is born again, he can enter or see the kingdom of God. I don't care what label you've been given or what label you've given yourself, you are essential. You still matter. This is a journey, and when we get to the other side of that, that's where our prize is, that's where our reward is. Time is not going anywhere. Welcome back to the End Time Show. Vince Stegall here with none other than Judy Baxter. We're going to get right back into it because we have more to talk about than we have time for. So I guess you're going to have to come back sometime. It's up to you. She asked me on the break. She said, how am I doing? I said, awesome. <laughs> so, hey, she's going to read the comments. So we need to have, I don't know, a thousand comments that, oh that says Judy Baxter. Let's see if we can get to a thousand comments that just simply says Judy Baxter and show her how much you love her being on the show. I know that uh, a lot of people love to get the behind the scenes look and uh, you provide a perspective that no one's ever had before on End Time. So I love it. Um, I do want to talk about one thing. I, I know we were kind of right before the radio part, but I, on the break it, it made me think about, I started thinking about the time right after you all got married. Now I know a lot of people see TV preachers and think that they're rich, and some of them are rich. <laughs> now, y'all... We let, always give our money away. <laughs> <laughs> interesting concept. Uh, but when you first got married, there's a story about y'all not going to have enough money. It's true. I would love it if you would share that. Well, we had only been married a couple months, and my husband worked for North American Insurance, and he was sort of uh, in the entry stage where he wasn't making a lot of money. Even in 1966, $50 a week wasn't much. Mm -hmm. And that's what he was making. I was trying to get a job and uh, had not been able to get one yet. And he said, Babe, Because you moved from Bloomington to Richmond yeah, and you were Richmond. jobless. We had an apartment yeah. there. And uh, he said, Babe, we're going to be $60 short this week. And I, well, it scared me. My dad. Well, that's over a week's worth of income at that point. <laughs> right. My dad uh, was in management for JCPenney Company. And um, we had never had, if we had money problems, I never knew it, but it didn't seem like we did. And I, I said, what are we going to do? And he said, we're going to pray. So uh, he got a call. We did pray. And uh, he got a call from a minister. And 
Uh, I believe it was not one Huntington, but anyway, somewhere in Indiana. And uh, he went there for the weekend and preached, and they paid him $25 for two services. All right, so you're 35 short now. I got a call from Bloomington, which where I was raised, and uh, a friend had passed away, and they wanted me to come sing. So uh, Urban looked at me and said, we can't afford for you to do that. And they picked up the fact that we were concerned about that, and they said, don't worry about it, we'll take care of your expenses. So I went and sang, and they paid me $35. So this is the same weekend. He's preaching and you're singing. Yeah, he was that re he preached that weekend and the following week is when I went to Bloomington. And how much is that combined? Well, you know what it is. Exactly what you needed. $60. What did you think of that? Because you, you... That was probably my first experience. Uh, I'd always said I wanted to marry an evangelist, but I still, my folks were, you know, good faithful members of church and everything. Mm -hmm. But uh, I hadn't, was not from a minister's home. It was my first experience in trusting God and Him coming through yeah. that now, way. Now, how about when Irvin goes to you and says, hey, the Lord told me that, and maybe it didn't even work like this, but the Lord told me that if I get one revival, I should quit my job. Because this is shortly after that happened, right? You, you were short $60, and then He comes to you and says that. I just went along with Him. At he that was, he, uh, I know this is uh, nowadays maybe not considered... Uh, what's the word I want? I can only imagine. The right thing, uh, the, the husband's the head. Oh, you're going to go there. Yeah, not very politically correct <laughs> now, but it's still true. When he, well, the Bible says it anyway. Yeah. So when he said that the Lord, had, you know, he'd prayed that and it happened, I, I didn't fuss about it. And you were like, let's pack up and get we on the road. Packed up and took off. There Our first went. revival. And uh, he never would schedule ahead of time because he was just adamant about the will of God. Mm -hmm. uh, Brother Verbal Bean from Texas had come through, through the revival in Richmond for his dad. And he was gun-ho on finding the will of God. And so he affected my husband. And so we took one revival at a time. So some weeks you would not know where you're going the next week. Well, we had, uh, we were getting ready to close in Muncie, Indiana for Brother Frank. We were with Brother Frank Martin. And I said, where are we going? Because we didn't have a place. He said, we're going to Brother Bogues. I said, has he asked you? He said, not yet. About that time the phone rang, it was Brother Bogue. <laughs> so that's basically how for eight and a half years we lived that way. Wow, that's incredible. Now, now back to radio. There's a whole lot we're skipping. Back to radio. He, he gets told by Eldred Thomas, who owns KVTT in Dallas. Now, there are perhaps hundreds of thousands of people who follow us that came on board because of us being on KVTT. Right. And Eld you're telling us that Eldred Thomas told him, if you have a radio show, you're going to be on my network during drive time, 3 to 4 central time, and it's going to be free. And it was for about a year or two, and then my husband felt like, well, we need to start paying some. <laughs> and, and we did. We started paying some. And that was the beginning of End Times, essentially their End Times Media Ministry. I know Irvin was on radio preaching uh, locally in the Richmond area. Yes, we had a broadcast. Yeah, but the end time, the po politics but it wasn't and religion. Prophecy. It was just, you know. He was preaching, like yeah. whatever, I guess, the Lord laid on his heart. And then politics and religion was born, and that's what started the media ministry, was his appearance on that TV yes. show. 
And when uh, we had a partner here in the Dallas area that when he heard we were moving to Dallas, he called and said, I uh, have an 18-wheeler. He said, I'm a truck driver and I'll move you. And he moved, it took him two trips, but he moved five families to Dallas area free. Mm. So when God is in something, he, he makes a way. Now, is that the detail you told me on the break you wanted to get yeah, to? Yeah. All right. So now we're in Dallas and we're not on TV yet. We didn't even have, I don't even know if we owned a camera at that point. Anytime we wanted to shoot a video, we would go rent a studio mm-hmm. and the VHS tapes were created for well, understanding. At that time, that. we were still in Richmond and we would go up, up to uh, Elkhart. I yeah. think it was Elkhart. Anyway, up northern Indiana mm-hmm. and we would do the videos up there. So, but now when, once we moved to Dallas, we don't even own a camera. We set up the radio studio here and then. How in the world do we get from just moving to Dallas randomly to going on television? What, what all stories do you want to highlight? Because I know there's a lot there as well. Well, we had two partners. It's, I assume it's okay to mention their names. I don't guess they wouldn't mind. Uh, Mike we'll Robertson. We'll find out, I guess. Mike Robertson. Uh, he said, I'm going to put you on TBN for a whole year and pay for it. And we had another partner now, from... Now, let me, let me help people understand what that means. That is, for a whole year, that is hundreds of thousands of dollars. Well, he had hundreds of thousands. He and had his own business and he was very wealthy. And God laid it on his heart yes. to pay for yes. us to go on TV. Yes. Then we had another partner, Steve Harrell from Atlanta, Georgia, or at least in the Atlanta area. He said, well, I'm going to put you on Daystar for a whole year free. Mm. So that launched our TV ministry. Those two combined, hundreds yeah. of thousands a and year. And after that, then we had to start. But we, but we had a lot of good partners that helped us absolutely. stay on TV. The average partner only gives, in comparison to that, it's you know 50-some dollars on yeah. average. I'd and say so, 25 to 50 is average. And so you know, it's made up of a bunch of people like that that are giving every single month. A, a, one funny thing um, I thought was interesting, because a lot of people think, if you're in the ministry and you're on TV and everything, that you've got a lot of money. Yeah. We were at a conference after we were on TV, and this lady come up. She looked at my husband's hand, and she said, I wanted to see if you had a big ring on. <laughs> <laughs> now, here's, here's an interesting thing. Since we're talking about money, i got to bring this up. Okay. I read online that Irvin Baxter's net worth was something like $52 billion. <laughs> now, that means you are run, one rich widow. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing with all that money? Well, I'm not doing much, <laughs> evidently. I'm still coming in time and working every day for a little bit. That's true. So he, he wasn't worth $52 million? Is that what you're saying? Not even $52,000. Well, we had a home. We yeah. had a home. We had a car. You want to add that up? You when, know. When, I, when I read that online, obviously you all are my grandparents, and I uh, am familiar with where you're at, so I found that to be quite hilarious. You do wonder where people get this stuff from, don't you? <laughs> you know, they're just making it up. They're sitting in their mom's basement writing blogs about stuff and they don't know well, what they, they're talking they about. Well, they probably are trying to say, well, he does this and this and this and this and it has to add up to Who whatever knows? they come up with. But it's not true. And I can honestly say, and of course I'm prejudiced because I loved him. Yeah. Still love him. Yeah. Uh, that he, he was very self-conscious Oh, he can't, for one thing, uh, 
we, when we were still in Richmond, we were doing our yearly commitment to partners and mission. And that, um, that you personally gave is what yeah, you're talking about. Yeah, that we, everybody that wanted to would commit to how much they would give a month. Mm -hmm. And he was sitting on the platform. To, to missions that was yeah, not in foreign time. missions. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and he was sitting on the platform and he's praying, Lord, what, what should I give? And God said, how big is your car payment? He said, well, Lord, it's about five or six hundred dollars. He said, that's how much I want you to give. So we did. We never got rich, I promise you. <laughs> never. We have like a minute left, two minutes roughly, and I know that everyone doesn't want this to end because we love hearing from you. So again, we, I'd love for there to be a thousand comments that say Judy Baxter, that would be awesome. Uh, but what's one last thing, I guess, if, if you could share it today, what's one last thing that you would want to tell everybody out there that, that have been watching? Well, I would say that I really appreciate all of our partners that accepted his vision and bought into it and supported us because uh, that's how we made it. Yeah. We had a call from Sydney, Australia. I've seen your sal salvation plan. Where do I go to be saved? Mm. Sydney, Australia. It was exciting how God God gave us a ministry that reached outside of our organization mm -hmm. to the people out in the world. Yeah. And that's what God called him to do. And that's what happened. And that's been y'all's heartbeat. It's always yes. been about other people. It, and it still is. Uh, you and Doug and David, you are for souls. And um, that's what, even though it's, God, the prophecy was a tool. Yeah. For souls. Yeah. And that's that's part of end times DNA, and it's yes. like we're never gonna. I, I don't. I don't. Better think not. Wait till I die. Okay. <laughs> I don't. I'm joking. You're not going to. We will never do that. I don't. Even if anyone wanted to, it wouldn't work because our whole no. team here, at every level in the organization, right. this is. We are. We feel a, a call from God to do what we do, and it's all about other people, and so. If anybody in anywhere in the organization started to get offline, somebody's gonna let them know because that's what we're about here. So uh, thank you so much for joining us on the End Time Show. Unfortunately, time is out. It's been great to look back at Irvin Baxter's teaching on who Jesus was and of course sit here with Judy Baxter and talk about some untold stories. There's a lot more out there. I can assure you of that. <laughs> we'll have to do that on another day. But thank you for joining us. Don't forget to go to endtime.com and watch that endtime.com to participate in thousands of hours of absolutely free content. Do that today. We'll be right back here tomorrow.